0: Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir, the Chicago crypto hustler, Bitcoin block bully, coming to you once again. And on this video, we're going to be going over um one of the stable coins in the cryptocurrency space that I feel is going to withstand the test of time as far as the existence or the longevity of you know certain stable coins. And I'm gonna get into the facts of why I believe that day is more so. Um, I don't want to use the word valuable, but is more durable than you know USDT, USDC, Gemini USD, and the other um, stable coins that are essentially backed by United States dollars in a reserve somewhere. And when I get done with this video, I'm pretty sure that you'll. Understand or understand exactly why I have the views that I view I have, um, as it relates to, day, or die. I wonder how I wonder how they pronounce it. It's either day or die. But um, you'll understand why I have the views that I have when it comes to other stable coins versus this stable coin. So, um, right now we're on coin market cap as you can see it's trading at a dollar, um, and it's made. To keep its fluctuation between like a dollar ninety nine cent ninety eight cent you know dollar one whatever the case may be and it's got, it's got certain um, programming mechanisms in store in order to pretty much make sure that it stays well within that realm of close to that one dollar mark. Right now, you can see it's up point forty nine percent, trading at the dollar, up five point sixty nine percent in BTC, eleven point five percent in ETH. Interesting. Um, right now, they got a market cap of eighty four million one hundred seventy six thousand eight hundred sixty four dollars. Twenty four hour volume is thirty eight thousand, excuse me, thirty eight million four hundred thirty seven thousand eight dollars, and the circulating supply is eighty four million nine hundred twenty six thousand four hundred seven die. And then when we come down and we look at the charts, the overall chart of it from December 26, 2017, leading up to February 25th, 2019, one thing that is clear is that the price of the US dollar, as indicated by this green um wavelength right here, has pretty much stayed around 99.99 cent 101, 98, 101. 97 here and there. It's pretty much stayed right, wrapped around this $1 mark, as you can see. For those that are able to uh, vi- visibly see it, that will be uh, watching along on YouTube. I um, oh, also forgot to say, uh, recording on YouTube. Uh, also recording on New Money Matrix Podcast. What's going on, family? Um, now, as we see, now remember, that's the, the price of it in USD, Meaning, it's, it's pretty much stayed around a dollar since its inception. Um, when we look at the price of BTC, we can see that it has increased in a in a in a certain amount of the amount of BTC that it takes to get the dye. So, the conversion of dye to BTC has risen um, nicely, also over. The lifespan. Now what I see more so than anything though, if you can look at this blue line for those that are able to see, look at the market cap. The market cap when we first came out was around three point three million, nine million, ten million, and as as the lifespan goes on, what you see plainly look thirty million. So December 27th 2017 we had absolutely zero in the market cap. By January 1st we had 3.4 million. By April, in fact let's look at my born day, by April 4th 2018 we had 19 million. So we went from 3.4 in January to 19 million in April. Halfway through around where are we at June? By June, July, we were up in heights of forty to fifty million dollars as a market cap. Now towards the end of the year, we made it around seventy-five, around seventy-five million, dipped down to around fifty or six, and then continued, continued to take off. To whereas right now where we're sitting at around eighty-four million dollars as a market cap, eighty-five million as a market cap. So we started off at three million, now we at 85 million. So it it has definitely, definitely seen money pumped into it and not leave as um quickly or as violently volatile as we've seen other cryptocurrencies that are more so used for trading. This one, like I said, once again, this is a stable coin. This is where you would want to place your money if you don't want your money to be volatile and you want it to sit at a stable. Um, quote unquote dollar amount. So let's get into exactly what they have going on with this coin, and what I found. Now at a later date, I'm going to be doing i uh, I'm going to be doing a show, recording, podcast, um, YouTube on, and I'm going to go through the white paper for MakerDAO, which is the protocol that creates the day stable coin. <laughs> So, and like I said, I'm going to do a whole review over this. But right now, I just want to focus on day. Even though this is going to take us a little bit in the maker, I really, really just want to focus on day and the stability of it. Um, now, we're going over an article that was released December 3rd, 2018 by J- Cham Ho, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the developers of day or developers on the team. Um, hmm, if I'm not mistaken, let's get on to a story. And it's entitled, My View on Stablecoin day and maker part one um as a follow-up to my introduction post on stable coins i thought i would take a look at some of the more popular ones out there hence the first one i chose to write about is day by maker aka MakerDAO. as i was writing i realized how long this become it became so i split it into two parts part one is an introduction to the stable coin which is what we're going to be going over right now as i understand it as the individual who wrote it and part two covers his own opinions which we'll probably leave out of this um, right now, we just want to look at we just want to look at the introduction. So, what is DAO stablecoin and Maker, or Dow? Now, DAY is the crypto collateralized stablecoin that aims to remain at one dollar equivalent to one day, and it aims to achieve this by utilizing its protocol design and governance. Now, this protocol design and governance framework is known as Maker Platform, formerly known as MakerDAO, and is a decentralized organization. Now, I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to go back over the fact that they aim to remain or keep the price of day to the price or peg to, not backed by, but peg to the dollar. Now, they're not saying that the dollar value, because the dollar has a value also, which is probably about maybe $0.88, maybe $0.85. Let's see. U.S. dollar... Value. Let's see how much the dollar is. Okay, so right now the dollar uh, the dollar is 88 cent euro, right? So it's not saying that the day itself is going to fluctuate with that value of the dollar. It just means whatever that dollar, that one Federal Reserve note is able to buy at any given time. This is what we are, I don't want to use the user word guarantee, but this is what we are relating to you that we are going to have the day be able to purchase at the same buying power as that dollar. So Remember, it's not backed by the dollar. It's only pegged to the buying power of that dollar. So, if that dollar, um, if at one point in time you, I've used this example many times. If at one point in time you could buy four bags of chips for that one dollar, you would have been able to buy four bags of chips for one die. What day? I wonder how they do pronounce it. Um, same now. Right now, we all know you can only get two bags of chips. For that one dollar so it's going to be the same thing for the day or the die coin you're going to get two bags of chips for one die because that die is a digital representation of what the dollar is even though it's not fully backed by the dollar and we'll get into exactly what it's backed by in a, a couple seconds. Um, so how does it work? The way the die stablecoin ecosystem works can be a bit complicated at the core. DAI is collateralized, is collateralized with Ethereum, or ETH, to ensure its value and uses the maker's platform inbuilt protocols to maintain its price stability. Um, to illustrate this, we w- let us begin at the start, creating DAI. Now, cr- pay attention to how DAI de- is created. If you want to create DAI, what you would have to do is send your Ethereum to a collateralized uh, debt position, which are uh, also known as CDPs. And you would, turn in turn, receive a portion of DAI. Your ETH is now locked away within the CDP. And you can only get it back if you repay the DAI you borrowed. So what is a CDP? A CDP is, like I said, a collateralized debt position, which is, quote-unquote, a loan that you lend yourself after utilizing the assets, which is, in this case, Ethereum, and locking them into this form of decentralized bank. So when we think of DAI and the creation of it, um, and the collateralization of the Ethereum, what we want to go back to, which is what, something that's used in the real world with centralized banks, is a collateral loan utilizing either your, um, the title to your uh, vehicle, even the deed to the house. I mean, when you, do a, when you get a mortgage on a home, that is looked at as a CDP. If you think about it, your house is using the collateral and then you're giving a loan in, in Federal Reserve notes. So in this instance, instead of you putting up, quote unquote, the title to your vehicle, the deed to your house, your savings account, your your investments as collateral. What you're putting up as collateral or to ensure that that debt will get paid is Ethereum. Now, with the Ethereum being put into your decentralized bank you are able to pull principal off of that Ethereum. You're not withdrawing the Ethereum itself. What you're doing is essentially we'll look at it um, in a sense of we'll use gold as the asset. And from you bringing gold, how it used to be, to the bank, the bank would give you X amount of gold certificates, um, what are now uh, Federal Reserve notes. But at one point in time, that note used to be actually backed by a physical asset being gold or silver. So you had gold certificates and silver certificates. Now, the United States dollar, as we know it, is not backed by anything but the full faith of the American people and the uh the uh government, meaning it's not backed by anything but belief. It's no longer backed by um collateral now certain banks may have a certain amount of collateral within their banks, but it's, it does not it over the banks aren't over collateralized to where they have more collateral than the money they're lending out so um let me see you've got an example down here. And it starts off, um, number one, you deposit one Ethereum. And we'll say at the time, Ethereum is worth $200. With that, you'll be able to issue yourself 100 DAI worth $100. So now you've put in an asset valued at $200, and you have been able to um, collateralize the ratio of 2 to 1. Meaning, I put in 2, I'm able to extract 1. Right? Now, me extracting that one has not physically affected the two, or me being able to pull out that $100 has not affected that $200 in the asset that I hold. The asset is still there. The asset's not being touched. I've essentially printed more money in order for me to utilize. So you can now use that 100 days, you please. You can train with it. You can use it to pay bills, whatever your expectation or your plans or goals for that money was or for that that stable coin that you pulled out, you can now go do. But you do have to understand, you do have to understand that you are going to have to pay back that die. Um, Let me see. It goes on to say after a year, you want your ETH back. You have to then buy back your ETH with the 101 die, assuming that the interest rate is 1%. And um, when we go to the decentralized banking protocol that I'm more familiar with, you can see that it is um, right now they got a 1.5% annual interest rate, 1.5% annual interest rate. So that means after a year of having your loan out, you would pay them back 101 101.5 day or die, excuse me. Um, So you get back one ETH and a 1.5 interest rate charge goes to the MakerCoin holders as this is their fee for maintaining the system. So now comes in MakerCoin, which is, like I said, the protocol that this whole system works on. Um, MakerCoin right now is trading. Let's see. And it's definitely if you're going to be utilizing these services. I mean, in my opinion, this is not financial advice in any way, shape or form. I cannot give financial advice. In my opinion, um, it would be smart. It would be smart to hold on to the Maker Coin. That way you can reap the rewards that are given out for those that hodl the coin. And the price, I mean, the price increase has been something next side of phenomenal. I mean, look at it. Over the last 30 days, up 48%. 1.7% within the last hour. Now, we did take hits yesterday, just much like every other currency did. We took a hit yesterday. Um, 11.8% in fiat, 6.1% in BTC, 0.9% in Ethereum. Not Not bad. Not bad, but when we look at the last twenty four hours where we started off at we were trading at seven hundred and sixty dollars We're currently trading at six hundred and seventy dollars almost a hundred dollar discount right now. if you want to look at it as a discount um we've got we're at a hundred dollar loss though so we can see right here as we go open this up to the weekly chart, we can see we were trading at five hundred and eighty one dollars at the beginning of the week, shot up to heights of seven seventy before breaking back down and this is for those that can see this is that huge dip that we just took this is that hit that we just took to the market i think it just said around 11 billion maybe 10, $10 11 billion dollars lost within a matter of hours so but this coin right here is the actual protocol that utilizes or you utilize in order to create the day so like i said it's it's the protocol but it's also a coin and those that hold the coins are looked at as those that make the decision-making within the platform, within the protocol, if there's anything to be changed. So, in fact, them changing the interest rate from 1% to 1.5% annual interest rate was a collective agreement of the the DAI token holders. Moving right along. Let me see. Do you get back your interest? Um, The maker token holders uh, get that as a fee for maintaining the system. Okay, this is the simplified version of the process, but nonetheless illustrates how it works. In layman terms, what you did was kind of similar to getting a mortgage. You borrow, die using your ETH as collateral, just like borrowing money using your house as collateral. And only when you pay back your debt with interest will you get back your collateral, ETH of the house. So, remember, they, they are, pay attention to the words they use. When you're issuing yourself debt. So when you look at yourself being issued what you would think is money, when you do a mortgage or a loan or a payday loan, whatever type of loan you do, you are being issued debt. Money is debt. Cash is debt. United States dollars is debt. If you look at the dollar itself, it reads on there, this note is to be used to pay all debts, public and private. So um, we're getting to the price stability mechanism. So far, this explains the creation of DAI, but how does this maintain price stability, especially since ETH can have quite a lot of price volatility? Again, without getting too technical, some of the main factors that ensure price stability are um, slightly simplified. So the first aspect we have is global settlement. And this is a a design in the protocol that gets triggered when price deviates too much in which DAI will get liquidated and settled at a predefined price. I, uh, I G is pegged to one dollar, so it's a dollar die. When this happens, holders of die would then get one dollar worth of collateral. So, for example, if you held a hundred die when the global settlement was triggered, you would get a hundred dollars worth of Ethereum. As a result, this expectation ensures die cannot deviate too far from its peg. So, do we get what's what's going on here? If the global settlement is triggered, they will automatically, automatically, your one hundred die. Would then be liquidated. I mean I'm not using the word liquidated. Um, it would be transferred and transferred into uh, Ethereum. Now they got the arbitrage opportunity. This is the belief that one die equals one USD, so that any price deviation would be a trading opportunity. This gets capitalized by traders. Um, and basically what they're saying is that with die supposedly being supposed to be one dollar. Um, as it is now, when we look, but this has been different. This has been 102. It has been 98, 99 cent. What traders look for is if it ever breaks under a dollar, so that they can purchase, and if it ever breaks over a dollar, so that they can sell it. The next aspect is the CDP creators, the die, the die borrowers, uh, borrowers, excuse me. The die borrowers and the lenders. Remember, the CPD creators are the only ones that borrow die. So, if die is trading below one dollar, it is a good idea for CPD creators to buy back die, since they need to use it to repay their loans. Very interesting. Very interesting. If you loaned out five hundred dollars in die at the time that die was a dollar, and then die floats under a dollar, essentially, if you buy that die up under a dollar, when it goes back to a dollar, you will have more die than you had or let me not say um the buying power of the die will be a lot more than it was when you paid for it because if you're utilizing a currency that itself is still closer to the dollar and then you're buying die which is under the prescribed price of a dollar when it goes back to the dollar your buying power will be more so so you'll be able to pay off um your loan at a fraction or a percentage um of the price Alternatively, if DAI is trading over a dollar, the CPD creators can look to issue more DAI to sell and buy it back once it reverts to a dollar. It's a real slick system that they have here. Now, the risk of collateralization. We're going to get into the collateralization of the asset that they're holding and how it prevents um, the fall of the dollar itself. As with all stable coins, the biggest risk is whether it can maintain its peg which is mainly driven by its ability to stay collateralized. The issue here is that ETH's price can be fairly volatile, which means that the value of DAI's collateral can fluctuate significantly. Hence, the maker system has protocols to minimize its impact. So, for example, if Ethereum goes up in value, in this case, DAI just becomes better collateralized and there is no real issue to DAI's $1 USD peg. Meaning that if you get in, if you, let's just say you create a CPD, and at the time, Ethereum's trading at $120. And within the next week, Ethereum shoots up to $150, $160. You definitely don't have to worry about the collateralized uh, ratio of your debt that you've issued versus the actual value of the collateral that you hold in your bank because the value of that has increased. Now, when does this ever happen in the real world with a collateralized loan when you give up your vehicle? Has your vehicle ever increased while it's in custodian custody of the banks that hold the title to it even though you're, you know you may, you may still be able to drive around with the vehicle but they hold the title but any but what i'm saying is has your vehicle ever increased in value meaning that when you go to pay the loan off you could either take off some of what you owe from the value the increase in value of that vehicle right or when you do pay your loan off what should be happening if the value of that vehicle goes up, you should be getting back more than what you gave. Them. So if you just gave him the title and the vehicle was, you know, worth five thousand dollars at the time, and when you come back, that vehicle's value has risen to seven thousand dollars. When you pay back whatever loan you paid off, essentially the bank should be giving you back the title to your vehicle along with two thousand more bucks. If it was working in the sense of how this smart contract uh, works. So it goes on to say if the Ethereum price goes down in value, this is when problems can occur. This is because if ETH goes down in value and we reach a situation where the value of total die issued is less than the value of all the ETH and CDP, then the system has become under-categorized. And that that if a global settlement event were to occur, $1 to $1 USD. Um, in order to prevent this, what happens in the glo- in the fo- what happens is the following, and some of it is simplified for easier understanding. Um, finally, let us assume in the following. ETH current price is $200. You commit to one ETH to create the CDP and create 100 die. Collateralized r- uh, ratio is currently 2 to 1. The minimum collateralization ratio threshold is 1.5 to 1. So if the Ethereum price falls has fallen to $175, Your CPD you created has collateralized ratio of 1.751, so nothing happens, right? We're still above that 1.5. But, but, if ETH price has fallen below $150, right? The CPD you created has collateralization ratio of 1.51, which means the CPD is under collateralized. Anything 150 and under is is under-collateralized, meaning you don't have enough collateral to back up the loan. CPD now has to trigger a liquidation event in which it auctions off the committed ETH collateral to cover for the original debt, in this case 100-day, and a liquidation cost penalty, which I think is about 13%. Um, So what happens is if the price of the asset that you have sitting in the bank goes below the agreed-upon value that it was at that time, Your loan will get liquidated, meaning they're going to pull from that asset the dollar amount that you owe them plus a penalty fee. And then you will have the remaining to withdraw. So as the owner of the CDP, you would get the original 100 die you borrowed since you didn't pay it back. Right. As well as anything left over from the collateral sale. So remember, they liquidated your position. They got what you owe them. So that what you took out is just yours to keep. You don't have to pay it back because they 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 got back from your asset. They pulled the, the uh, principal from the asset. Um, this would in effect mean that you under collateralized CDP is removed from the ecosystem, and as this repeats for all CDPs that vary in degrees, it allows the overall system to maintain at or above the collateralization ratio threshold. Meaning that the smart contract, the protocol, the program, the coding is set up to the point, whereas if the assets or the collateral, the collateral that is being held as the assets go below a certain price, it will automatically, automatically. remember this is a smart contract, so it's, it's, it works just as a vending machine, uh, it automatically liquidates those CDPs that have gone under that 1.5, uh, 150% uh, ratio, thus ensuring that the system of stable coins that are out there is going to maintain its buying power at that dollar. This is amazing when we look at the way that monetary systems work and how they you know how they work at presently within the jurisdiction that we live in and how this new system, this new uh money matrix, this what they're calling decentralized finance, is working. <laughs> now, um negative feedback loop in MKR, the buyer of last resort. Um, if you've been able to follow the scenario earlier, you will quickly realize that li- the liquidation of the CDP itself can bring back a negative feedback loop. Since liquidation, excuse me, the CPD liquidation event gets triggered, ETH is sold. Since ETH is sold, price falls further triggering other CPD liquidation events. Meaning as these CPDs are getting liquidated, it's selling off ETH. If you're selling off ETH, the price of ETH is falling. If the price of ETH is falling, more CPDs are getting liquidated. So it's almost like a domino effect. Hmm. The process continues until all CPDs are liquidated. And they're giving you a, a scenario here. This is one of the key risks to the Maker Protocol, but they have thought about having Maker Tokens act as the buyer of last resort. Now, he's saying he won't go into detail on how this works, but in simple terms, when a CPD liquidates, and if there is insufficient buyers or buying to even cover the debt, plus the liquidation penalty fee, MKR Tokens will get issued and sold in order to make up for this shortfall. So they have a... a um, Backup plan to the backup plan. Very interesting and, and, and um, very amazing. So, key players in the MakerDAO. Um, so, we've gotten through how DAI, DAI works, excuse me. Um, let us put together and look at the participants within the MakerDAO ecosystem. So, now we're going to be looking at those that are part of the ecosystem as a whole. Like I said, MakerDAO is a pl- protocol or platform that this is built on. Um, so, users. Um, these are the people that are buying and using DAI. They don't actively participate in the creation or destruction of dye, but are important for the ecosystem, since no users equal no demand. You have the traders. Um, traders are the ones that are actively trading DAI to make a profit by strategies such as trading around the price peg of $1, buy below and sell above, which is their strategy, looking to buy ETH for arbitrage trades during the CPD liquidations, etc. They are important as they help maintain the stability of the price system and allows the maker system to function as intended. Next, you have the CPD creators. As explained earlier, these are the people that are using DAI as a form of borrowing, and to do so, they need to create CDPs, which are collateralized debt positions. Um, you got the MKR token holders, who are actually, an, um, or the token itself, MKR, is actually the governance token of the maker system. As mentioned, they act as the buyer of last resort, but also have voting power over various decisions in relation to the maker ecosystem. They up the upside, hold on. The upside they get from this role is that all fees within the maker system need to be paid in maker. This means that as day adoption grows, so will the demand for MKR increase. And price will increase as well. This keeps their interests aligned to providing good governance for DAI in order to attract more adoption. So we're getting into the summary now and the end of the article. Um, So if you are still unsure how it works, don't worry. It does take a time to digest. The key points so far are DAI uses crypto as collateral. Currently, it's only ETH, but they are coming out with MCDs, which are multi-collateralized debt positions, um, which will uh, initially or essentially allow you to collateralize not just Ethereum, but possibly Bitcoin, possibly EOS, possibly uh, XRP, possibly Bitcoin Cash. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly what their plans are as far as which tokens they are going to allow to be collateralized. Now, I have also heard that they are going to allow in the near future the collateralization of security tokens. So if I have a a real estate, a piece of real estate, and within that real estate, I have a thousand coins, and that real estate is ten million dollars is, is valued at ten million dollars. And those 1,000 coins each represent, what would it be, $10,000, I believe? Let's see. Is that 10,000 times 1,000? Let me make sure. That gives us, yep, $10 million. So I got 1,000 tokens, right, security tokens. Each one of these tokens represent $10,000 as it relates to this $10 million uh, real estate that I hold. I should be able to take one of those tokens, place them in a CDP, right? Because it's backed by the value of the token itself, which the token is backed by the real estate that it is um, tokenized after. And I should be able to pull a loan off of that security token. So, and and like I said, this is not yet available, but they are speaking that, um, I mean, they've already said that it's going to be available as far as as the MCDs go, the multi-collateralized debt. Um, that I just haven't seen exactly what coins they're focused on and looking at. I may get in a telegram and ask later on for some type of uh, confirmation. Um, various factors such as arbitrage, global settlement helps maintain DAI's peg of $1 to 1 DAI. Um, as crypto prices can be volatile, DAI has a protocol to liquidate and do its best to ensure that DAI is well capitalized and can maintain its hedge. And last but not least, the MKR token holders govern the maker ecosystem and also act as a lender of last resort. So, family, that, like I said, that was just a quick overview of the DAI um, platform, the DAI stablecoin, how it works, what it's backed by. So, once again, my own thoughts and why I am more so interested in holding any type of funds that I want to hold, especially if you're looking to leave the current monetary system, whereas everything is um, being held in banks and trusts um, as Federal Reserve notes. Me holding Dai is more so me holding a currency that is actually backed by something of value versus something that is backed by faith. So that's the reason that I said that, in my opinion, the Dai stablecoin is more so "quote unquote" valuable or holds more weight than its competitors, being USDT, True USD, uh, USDC, Paxos. Uh, Gemini, USD, which are all supposedly backed by Federal Reserve notes somewhere in a reserve. They're not backed by gold. You know what I mean? They're not backed by a physical asset. They're backed by Federal Reserve notes, which are not backed by a physical asset, which is just backed by faith. So, I mean, you do the math. Um, mm. I hope this was helpful for anybody that was able to listen in. I hope that my explanation along with or my my added commentary along with the article that we read help to shed some light on the uh, importance of utilizing DAI as a stable token. And I hope that we are able to move forward and really utilize this new monetary banking system as they are giving it to us in the form of smart contracts and computer codes. Um, Until the next video, until the next podcast, this is Amir, the Chicago crypto hustler, Bitcoin block bully. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I am out of here.